seated today as we get into the word of the Lord. I'm not going to read a text today. I'm just going to preach to you what I feel today that God's laid on my heart. I didn't get to it last week. But everybody say, walking with God. Say it again, walking with God. The angel told Mary when he said she was going to conceive and have a child, she said, how can this be, seeing that I know not a man? And he said to her in the book of Luke, he simply made a statement that said, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Everybody say, with God, nothing shall be impossible. I'd like to preach for the next few moments on simply walking with God. Would you clap your hands and thank Him for His Word? Amen. When I was a young kid going to youth camp, aspiring to do something for God. How many know that there's a generation that wants to do something for God? There really is. I was just a young man. I remember going to that youth camp in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and I would watch the preachers, watch the man of God in the pulpit. And over the years, I've seen different type of preachers. And uh, I've watched them come in late, swagger down with a briefcase in their hand, come in late and lay the briefcase beside the seat, get up and preach and leave because they were too good to be with the people. They were sort of on a pedestal. They were up above everybody. They, they didn't want to be around the people. And uh, I just don't think that's the way Jesus was. And I watched preachers as a young kid that they would, they would come in. And I've told our preachers, I said, if you go preach at a place, you go early and you leave late. You don't need to go down. Every now and then there might be a traffic issue or, or maybe a, every now and then for me that I've got a last minute thing to take care of that I might come in a few minutes early but a few minutes after church starts but there is something about being with the people that matters to God. And as a young man watching camp meeting preachers, camp evangelists, I remember watching one man in particular he, uh, he, he was very dignified, but he'd come in late. He would preach a masterpiece message. When he was finished, he would leave as people were praying, not lingering around. And I thought to myself as a young kid, I could never be like him. Why? He's too intelligent. He's too high and lofty. He's too above everybody. And in my mind, ministry seemed so far away. But then there were other preachers that came in and they would linger early and meet the kids and shake hands with us and get up there and preach a powerful message. And after church, in the altar praying to responding to the word, how I many know oh, we need to respond to his word? I'd be on my knees praying and repenting and seeking for more of God. And I'd feel a hand come over my shoulder and hear the voice of that preacher in my ear that came so personal. What was up there was down, down there with me. It wasn't long until during the week 
on the basketball court. That same powerful preacher had a pair of blue jeans on, tennis shoes, and a t-shirt playing basketball. You know what it did for me? It made me realize, hey, ministry maybe isn't that far away. They made it attainable by being with us. I want you to understand here today, it matters about having God with us. I don't believe he's just for us. How many believe he's with us? I don't believe he's somewhere just sitting up on a throne all the time, looking out of his high and lofty heaven on us little peons down in here. No, I believe it's what you find in the book of Genesis where it says it this way. It says that the voice of the Lord walked in the garden of Eden. How many know in Genesis 5.22, the Bible says that Enoch walked with God. In Genesis 6 and 9, you'll find that Noah walked with God. God. Matthew 1 and 23 says his name should be called Emmanuel being interpreted God with us. I want you to understand that God's not far away today. What I'm preaching to you this morning is God's not somewhere off on some corner of the universe looking down through his all-seeing eye at us. No, no, no. I believe he's as close as the mere mention of his name. I believe he's at 1365 Chamberlain Street. He's right here, right now, with us. Somebody shout, God is with us. Do you believe that today? If you believe it, clap your hands and thank God. For a God that's with us. Can you walk with God? I think one of the problems of Christianity is when we get the mindset that we're doing things for God instead of with God. There's a difference between living for Him and living with Him. Our relationship with God is as such that the Bible, Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Scripture also tells us that we are his bride. We can walk with him. He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? What I'm preaching on this Sunday morning is that you've got to understand in your relationship with God, it does not have to be far out, far away, not attainable, can never be there. I'm not righteous enough. I'm not good enough. No, as I preached last Sunday, he will leave from Galilee to go to your Nazareth. How many believe he comes to where you are? When I think, when I think of the Lord, when I think of the Lord, come here, Brother Denver. When I think of Jesus, he compares himself. Sit right there. You're the wounded man. You've been beaten, robbed, left half dead. You don't look half dead but beaten and robbed and left half dead. The Bible says when the good Samaritan saw him, he was moved by compassion and he went to where he was. Everybody say, he went to where he was. The scripture says he poured in oil and wine. He set him up on his own beast and he took him to the end and he said, whatever he cost you, when I return, he said, I will repay I believe God is looking for a safe place to put wounded people. Where wounded people can be worked with 
by somebody that's been healed. Has anybody here ever been wounded or broken? Come on, anybody here ever had things not right? But you'll find that he put him up on his own beast and he went with him to the end. God's not asking us to do something without him. He's asking us to do everything with him. Everybody shout, with God. Oh, if we could ever get the concept that when God started dealing with our heart, you might have been on a bar stool somewhere. You might have been just washing dishes. You maybe were just a good housewife. But all of a sudden, the Lord came to where you were. You started having dreams and convictions. God started dealing with your spirit. Started being an emptiness in there. And you started thinking, there's got to be more to life than just life. You know what that was? It was God coming to you. He was granting you one-on-one, personally, something called repentance. It's where you begin to see your need for him. And you begin to understand his desire for you. Amen. God didn't meet you right here. He already saw you when you were out there. He came to your Nazareth. He came to your low estate. He came to where you were. And he came up out of that pool of Siloam like I preached. He came up in the ankle deep water. And he said, I've got something to show you. I've got more for you. And he grabbed you by the hand and began to lead you to more of him. How many glad he came out of the deep to your shallowness? Come on, how many here this morning? Glad he left your Jerusalem to get to your Jericho. To get to your ruined place. Amen. Somebody shout, walking with God. I've told this church, you may be seated. I told some of the leaders this morning, and I told them, I said, it's not the will of God that people come to church alone only. I believe or sit alone. They don't know anybody. It's the will of God that people become with the people of God. People shouldn't have to wander down the the aisle to the altar all by themselves. There ought to be somebody with them. It makes it so much better when you have somebody with you. How many know that? How many, I, I, growing up as a boy, we'd jump in the river and go swimming. And sometimes you were with the wrong person. They get you to jump in earlier than you should. You know what I'm talking about? Instead of June or July, it'd be in May. And I'll never forget my buddy. He, he, uh, he, um, we all lined up on the edge. Decided we were going to jump down that river month of May. Steve, refreshing water. Refreshing. What that is, that's Hebrew for too cold. <laughs> and I remember lining up with the buddies and we stand on that edge of that. And instead of one of us jump in, you know what we'd say? On the count of three. You know why? It's easier to jump in unfamiliar territory when you have somebody with you. I'll never forget, we counted three and we all acted like it and Doug jumped in. All by himself. But he was a good actor. He said, oh, he started splashing water. He said, it feels so good down here. Come on, guys, just jump in. Man, I jumped in that water, my teeth started chattering. It's easier to do unfamiliar things with somebody, especially with somebody that you trust and somebody that's been blind, that's never known of the light. It has a whole lot of importance when somebody that knows where they're going says, let me take you with me. How many's ever been somewhere and you said, hey, why don't you drive because you know 
where you're going. This is new territory for me. I want you to understand that today. That is God's concept. He's not going to take you somewhere where he has not already been. He's not going to expect you to go somewhere where he has not been. But what he's going to do, he's going to lead you and he's going to take you. And when he's with you, you can trust the journey because you're not alone. He's with you. Matter of fact, the leader goes in front. He's taking a step before you get there. And so when the scripture says, the Lord is my shepherd, and it says that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. I'm not in this situation by myself. I'm in this situation with God. He's already been in my tomorrow. He's already been where I'm going. I don't have to fear. I don't have to fret because I'm not alone. I'm not by myself. The Lord is with me. Somebody shout, God is with me. I want you to turn around to your seat to two or three people and tell them God is with me. Somebody shout, God is with me. Do you believe that? When you get the bad report, are you going to believe God's with you? The Bible says we weep with them that weep and we rejoice with them that rejoice. You know what that means? We're not going to go on a journey alone. He told the body, don't you dare let somebody go through that by themselves. What he was saying was, somebody loses a family member, you ought to go to that funeral, that viewing, and be there with them weeping. Come on, if somebody gets a victory and we're celebrating something, a marriage, a child, there ought to be somebody rejoicing. Everybody shout, with them. You know what I think today? I don't think we need to let Megan Croston go through this by herself. I think we ought to go on a journey with her the next few days. She hasn't felt well. She hasn't been here. Her body has weakened some and been aching on her. Sometimes hard to walk. Been nauseous every day since probably February. Been very, very sick. But it just come upon me. You know what I think? I think we ought to go on a fast and prayer with her for the next 48 hours. Amen. I think we ought to go on a fast and prayer for her for the next 48 hours. Because there's something about walking with somebody that brings refreshing. It brings strength. The Bible says, be careful lest you think you're strong and you fall. Then another verse says, if your brother fall, then pick him up considering yourselves. I realize it's talking about moral failure, but I think it's talking about weakness as well. I think the principle lies there. If you see your brother weak, don't pass him up. Reach down and pick him up and carry him with you. We got to have that in this body. I believe that is in this body. We're not going to let Megan walk down this road by herself. She can't fast. She can't pray the way she wants to. But I believe I'm among some people today that says I'm going to fast for her. I'm going to pray with her. Somebody say amen. amen. The aggressive cancer that is in her body is very toxic on her. But we know a God. When they said in the book of Matthew, they said, who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? He said, with men, it's impossible. But with God, all things 
are possible. This cancer is not bigger than a with God miracle. Come on, I'm going to believe it. I am going to believe it. Somebody shout amen. Do you believe God can heal cancer? Here's what I'd like us to do if we can. For the next, next we'll start tomorrow. Monday to Wednesday. 48 hours would be, I think, 48 hours if you can. Um, of be best if it was water only. Minimally. We're doing this for a cause. We're doing this for a cause. Be seated a moment. I heard of a, of a lady... Uh, it was the Collinsworth family. They, they do a lot of singing, Southern Gospel singing, but she said there was a, a person in her family that they had disappeared, had backslid, walked away from God, and they got very stirred about it. And so she called up the church and friends and family and said, let's go on a fast and prayer. Let's go on a 48-hour prayer, 48 prayer. Let's do a 48-hour fasting. Let's not eat until something happens. And they did. They went on a 48-hour fasting and prayer you know what they did? After 48 hours of fasting and prayer, a call came. She came home, got back in church. What if we made this fast? And said, we're going we're gonna to dedicate this to the Lord. We're going to crucify our flesh. Come on. I know it sounds hard, but I think it's possible. I think some of us can push what we want aside and say, we're going to do something. I feel the Holy Ghost coming up on me. That is one of the most precious young ladies I've ever met. This message was not intended to be for her. I was going to make this mention at the end of the service, but I believe that we're going to do something with her. We're not going to let her walk down this valley, the shadow of death, without some fasting and prayer. We're going to know we've done everything we can. Come on. I'm asking you tomorrow at noon to Wednesday at noon to go 48 hours with water only. If you can't, then do. If you can't do that, then don't do any solid food, juice or something of that nature that'll give you the same ingredients, just not the same satisfaction. Be seated a moment. Jesus said some things only happen by prayer and fasting. He said there's going to be a time that they have to fast. Why? For me to be with them. Because what happens is what separates us from God is this old flesh. The Bible says a carnal mind is enmity with God. The purpose of fasting is not to make God feel sorry for you. Oh, God, you know, I go. He sees how slim my belly gets and how pale my face gets. Sags under my eyes. He's going to look down and say, you know what? Look how pitiful Aaron looks today. Just look at him. He looks terrible. Just, just go. Let's, I'm just going to give him a miracle. No, no, no. That's not what fasting does. We don't get... We don't get penance results. Let me tell you what it is. It just moves us to believe. It moves us to faith. Come on. The Bible says that they humbled themselves and prayed. That means they fasted and prayed. They broke down and said, I'd rather have this miracle than I would something myself. I'd rather have this than what I want. I want this more than what I want. I want a spiritual result over a carnal result. That's what fasting does. It says I want my family to be saved over, over an appetite that I get to have 365 days a year. I want there to be a breakthrough. Isaiah, I believe it is 56, it says, Is not this the fast that sets the captive free, that opens the blinded eyes? Is this not the fast that I've chosen? 
Honey, I realize we got plans tomorrow night, but we're going to have to change the plans. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to change that, 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 that dinner that we had scheduled with that couple that we love. We're going to have to change that because I believe for the, those 48 hours. Lift your hands all over the building. I feel something right now. We're going to walk down this valley with her. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Amen, 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 amen. I'm going to take 4 a.m. I'll take the 4 a.m. I'll start at 3.30 the next two days. I need, I need, I need somebody that will take, I need somebody that will take uh, uh, tomorrow at noon to 1. I need somebody to take noon to 1. Prayer, prayer, noon to 1. I need somebody to take 1 to 2. Wave your hand, you're going to take 1 to 2. I need somebody to take 2 to 3. 2 to 3 tomorrow afternoon. 3 to 4. 3 to 4. I need somebody to take 3 to 4. 3 to 4. 3 to 4. I've got 3 to 4 right here. I need somebody to take 4 to 5. 4 to 5 p.m. Somebody tomorrow that will take 5 to 6. All right, got quite a few taking 5 to 6. How about 6 to 7 p.m.? 6 to 7 p.m. Awesome, awesome. How about 7 to 8? <laughs> 7 to 8. 8 to 9 p.m. How about 9 to 10? 10 to 11? 10 to 11. 11 to 12? 11 to 12. I need a 1 to 2 a.m. 1 to 2 a.m. I need, I need uh, 2 to 3 a.m. Amen. We're going to repeat that for two days. Let's clap our hands and thank God for what he's going to do. We're believing. God has the ultimate decision. But I believe something happens when you pray. Come on, do you believe that? The Bible says they called a solemn assembly and started praying and it changed the, it changed the direction of a nation. I believe in this, we're praying for our children and we're praying for Megan. In that two days, we're gonna be praying for our kids and we're praying for Megan. How many's gonna help pastor do that? Praise God. Somebody shout, with God. And what it does, it pushes flesh away. Hebrews 10 says that when the, Jesus died on the cross, the flesh, the flesh died that the veil ripped from the top to the bottom. You know what that did? That gave man access with God. Come boldly, somebody shout boldly, boldly. to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Sometimes the miracle is not up to God. The miracle is removing our carnality. How many believe we can unite together for a miracle? I believe there's going to be breakthrough with your children at home. I really do. When this fast, this is for our children, and this is for Megan in these two days. How many excited about it? I know it sounds good now until you smell the food, but how many's going to stick it out? How many's going to fast with Pastor? Hallelujah. We're not in this by ourselves. We're not in this by ourselves. We've got a body. It's one of the most powerful reasons for the body of Christ is so we can operate together. He said, don't let the hand say to the foot, I don't have need of thee. Or the eye to the ear, I have no need of thee. We are members in particular. But how many's ever had a sore toe and it messed your day up? How many's ever smashed your thumb and it was a bad day? How many's ever got something in, eye, in your eye? Yours almost immobile. Cause of that in your eye. You just, somebody help me. I got to get this out of my eye. You know why? Because it affects the whole body. Man, I feel that way tonight, this, this morning about Megan. And there's some of you that's hurting. During this fast, God's going to bring healing because you're doing it for somebody else. I really do. I believe that God's going to bring a revival to our homes. 
Come on, if there's a devil fighting, he's got to go. If it's a spiritual issue, it's got to go because the devil can't have authority if God is with us. Somebody shout with us. Amen. Amen. So when you look at scripture and you'll find that God is with us. He's not going to let you go through things alone. But the mindset today has to be changed. I'm not doing this for God. I'm doing this with God. When he started dealing with you on the job, dealing with you outside of church, when he did, that wasn't just, just somebody reaching. That was God reaching through somebody for you. How many believe that? The Bible says that God added to the church daily such as should be saved. Amen. Who adds to the church? God adds to the church. When you begin to look at God adding to the church, he uses people to add to the church. And watch this. When you came to the altar of repentance, you didn't come up here by yourself. God was with you. In Romans 6, it says when we got baptized, that we were buried with him. Somebody shout with him. I didn't go to the baptismal tank by myself and just do this because God wanted me to. No, when I got in the baptismal tank or the river, wherever you got baptized, how many know you were with God? How many know God was with you? He said, as like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we arise to walk in newness of life. You don't do anything in the kingdom that God wants you to do without him. He allows you to walk with him. My mom used to teach. She would say, Aaron, she said, if you catch a fish for me today, she said, I'll eat today. But if you teach me to fish, she said, I'll eat for a lifetime. God doesn't just say, do this and here you go. This, this, this is salvation. I'll see you. No, no, no. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He teaches us to walk holy. He teaches us to walk righteous. In the scripture, in the scripture we find that that the Bible says that Enoch walked, everybody say with God. The Bible says that Noah walked with God. Enoch was translated, the Bible says he was not for the Lord took him. Oh, when I read that, I think, man, he must have been holy to, for God to have taken him. He lived such a holy life. The Bible says that Noah was perfect. How many know that? Can I ask you a question today? Did Noah walk with God because he was perfect? Or was he perfect because he walked with God? We think, oh, it would have been nice to have been Noah. It would have been nice to have been Enoch. Look how perfect those guys were that God allowed them to walk with him. No, 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 it wasn't that way. It was they chose to walk with God, and because they chose to walk with God, they had this testimony that they pleased him. What that means is if you're walking with God, he's teaching you how to live the life that he wants you to live. We don't have the anchor try to get you to sign the membership. This isn't about the anchor membership. This is about teaching you to walk with God. And if you start having people trying to follow rules and regulations before they have a relationship, it just comes across as legalism. But when people start walking with him and through the teaching of his word, that people start looking and seeing, this is what God showed me through his word. This is what God has shown me when I was praying. This is what happened when I was talking with him. It becomes about relationship instead of just following the rule book. Everybody shout, I want a relationship. With God. People say, well, I would never do that. I don't think I could ever live that way. Until you walk with him. 
And when you start walking with him, and he starts showing you the way, starts showing you his heartbeat. You know, I don't think I could ever preach, Pastor Bounds. I don't think I could ever do it. I'm too shy. But when you start walking with him, and next, next thing you know, he gives you boldness. I don't know if I could ever teach a Bible study. I don't know if I could ever win anybody to the Lord. But when you start walking with him, I don't know if I could ever have a ministry, could I tell you? When you start walking with him, he starts revealing himself to you. How many want God to reveal his heartbeat to you today? Amen, 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 amen. What is it going to be to get God with us? I don't want to live a life. I don't want to live a life like that fancy preacher. His nice outfit, his, his suave demeanor, his fancy briefcase, his late attendance, his early departure that made me feel like it's way beyond me. I hope we all at the anchor don't go to our workplaces lofty and high-minded, holier than thou and better than yous. Come on, there ought to be something of us that we set among sinners. Come on, that people look at us and say, you know what, I think I can live, I think I can change, I think I can be like them. I think they're normal enough. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet today. Let's stand to our feet today. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's love him all over this building today. Oh, God. Hallelujah. I was in Gate City, Virginia. Went and preached Wednesday and Thursday to see, see family, brother and sister Christian, their family, and Austin's graduation party yesterday. He was telling me a story about God has been healing people of cancer and miracles. That a lady showed up at their church the other day and they said, the nurse told me to come here because people get healed of cancer here. She said, I'm here to be healed. In Zechariah 8 and 23, it says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of, of the nations. Even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you. For we have heard that God is with you. We will go with you. For we have heard that God is with you. Three Hebrew boys changed the whole nation because the trial that should have burned them up, when they looked into that fiery furnace, there was a fourth man walking in there in the midst of the fire. Somebody shout, I am not by myself. I want you to affirm this to two or three people beside you and say, I am not by myself. said the law says you need two or three witnesses he said but I will tell you where two or three will agree on any one thing I 
will do it. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, he said, there am I in the midst of them. You're not by yourself. We can't be a lone ranger doing things our own way. How many know we need a brother or sister? How many has got some miracles that you need here today? How many need a miracle today? Here's what I want you to do. I know it's uncomfortable because we go to church and sometimes go to church and worship and then we go home and back on our old circle and go back on our way. But I feel like you need to ask somebody near you. What can I agree with you on today? What can I pray with you about today? I don't want you to go across. I want you to just turn around to somebody with you and get two or three people. And I want you to have somebody to agree with you. Something you need. You don't have to get very detailed. You can speak it in general. You can say, hey, I want God to save my kids. My kids aren't living for God. I want God to touch my family. We've had a loss. I I want God... Uh, to heal so-and-so because they've got a sickness. I want you to find two or three people. I know it might be awkward. Come on. Come on, Ohio. Let's break out of our comfort zone and I want you to ask somebody near you, what can I pray with you about? What can I agree with you on? said ask him what can I agree with you on share with each other take their hand and lift it up as a sign of unity come on some of you young people praying for your parents God is with us not just for us but we're agreeing right now that God you're going to heal In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. With man it's impossible, but with God it's impossible. It's it's possible with God. For with God all things are possible. Hallelujah! In the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on, pray with somebody all over the building. Lord, we need strength. We need healing. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Come on, pray with your neighbor right now. I'm believing. Yeah. 
Jesus. today. If you need a healing in your body, the Bible says if any among you is afflicted, let him pray. If they are sick, let them call for the elders of the church. If you need a healing in your body, I want you to come and stand. If you want salvation today, you're saying, I need to repent. I need to get my heart right with God. I want you to ask somebody to come to the altar with you. We're going to pray with you today. Just by sharing just by sharing with somebody and getting an agreement saying, according to your faith, I am believing with you for healing, for deliverance, for power, for authority. Come on, that's it. Ministry team, if you'll come and help pastor today. We're believing for a miracle. Waymaker. Miracle worker. Promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God. 